Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Yeah. 
grace as the breath of God. Grace has many expressions. And without a doubt, it has engaged in your life so many times, you have no idea. How do I know when grace is in my life? Start with the premise, it's in your life. The question you should be asking is, how do I ascend to where I can bear to cope with all the grace?
That's how grace operates. It saves you from doing something harsh and dark and gives you an option to do something good and light in its place. Grace is the breath of God. Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. Today we have Lynn Kive, who is an author on Embracing the End of Life, A Journey into Dying, and Awakening and Heal Your Mind, Rewire Your Brain, a leading authority on everything. She is taught in the academic world, created a small business, practiced as a management consultant, and has her own private counseling practice. Past research led her to develop a learning style assessment company. Today we welcome Pat Lynn Kyle to America Meditating Radio. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here. It's lovely to have you, too. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, we were together sort of recently, and I felt like I'd known you forever. I always like that feeling. (laughs) Yeah, I do, too. Thank you so much. How are you doing this pandemic? You know, I'm doing fine. It's really amazing. It feels as if it's just a lovely retreat. Last year, my husband and I were both ill, so we were homebound. He had a heart attack, I had another thing, and it feels like a continuation, so we don't feel as in pain and suffering as so many people. That my heart just goes out to. can't even imagine the suffering that's going on. Especially those who have lost loved ones, I found out that a little over 58,000 deaths have been reported in the U.S. What's really going on? And what's our lesson here, Pat? Well, I guess our lesson is what I hear you teaching as well. We need to raise our consciousness. That's why we are even here on Earth, is not to get caught up in this incredible fear. We have a choice. That's what's really amazing. We really have a choice. Sometimes we question our choices, isn't it, Pat? We don't have the experience that's connected to maybe the higher call of the soul because we're so used to the world of materialism, distractions, and illusion. So we've repeated this cycle of making choices to serve that. And the exile... The stay-at-home has now gotten people to rethink, do my choices come from my physical need or my emotional or spiritual needs? I hope people are doing that. This seems like, could this be the reason that this has happened, for us to really shift our conscious awareness? There's a book out that I've read years ago, and... It's called The Fourth Turning, where these two sociologists took 500 years and really explored the rhythm of our societies. I don't know if you've seen it, but it talks about the four rhythms. And this one that we're in is called The Crisis, which just started. And they wrote it in 98. I think they published it in 1998. 
It sounds like what's going on right now. Very amazing. And so it took me out of, ain't it awful, what's going on and what people are doing, to, oh, this is the process. And this is what's going on for the next 25 years. We're going to be in crisis. Powerful time. For many years, you have explored multiple aspects of life and death, and you've studied the dying process. What inspired your interest, Pat, in death and dying? Interesting question. My focus really has been on serving. I've done hospice and so forth, but I wasn't going to die. I mean, everybody else will die, but I won't die. So it was very amazing when I was on a meditation retreat, and I was actually in the East, in an area where I was on 200 acres and it was a little town and there were no hotels and I certainly didn't have a car. And I woke up in the middle of the night and was just terrified. Couldn't be so amazed at how terrified I was. I never experienced it before, just shaking and tight. So I got out of bed at 2 in the morning and everybody's either meditating or asleep and I certainly wasn't able to leave I didn't know what to do. I did everything I could think of. And finally, I just sat down in the bed and said, what is going on? What is making you so terrified? And the words came, whether they were actual words or thoughts in my mind, oh, you're frightened to die. And I said, wow, i here? Am I going to die here? What's going on? And finally, I just said, okay, if I'm going to die, let me die. There's nothing I really can do. I can't go anywhere. There's nobody around can help me. I'll just die. So I turned over and went to sleep and woke up feeling great the next morning. And so when I just so happened to have a teacher appointment that day, and I went into her and she said, Pat, you are so courageous. And I said, but I didn't have a choice. I was going to die. And that shifted me. I have no idea. Maybe you know. I have no idea. I woke to it. Face death. So I don't have a fear towards death. Then I think it was about seven months later when I was meditating, and I got this, like a download of chapters and what I was going to work on and What was important? And my book laid out in front of me, and I call it Embracing the End of Life. But it's also awakening to our awakening. So we have the end of life, and we have the journey of dying and awakening. I feel that's what we're in right now. We're dying and awakening at the same time. It's really a spiritual awakening, isn't it? It really was, yeah. In your book, Heal Your Mind, Rewire Your Brain, you discussed how the brain, mind, work together to arrive at a sense of who we are. Could you elaborate more on that? Oh, yes. I did a six-month meditation, so I was isolated for six months. And I came out of there and said, really, do I really know how to meditate? I mean, I did all kinds of different meditations, primarily mostly the Buddhist practice, the jhanas. But I said, I think I need to know how the brain works in order to know 
how this whole process is working inside. So I started looking at that, and I got an EEG machine, a small one, and I tried it on my head, and I began to understand, what's it like to be in beta, which is probably what we're in right now, beta brainwaves we're analyzing and talking and figuring out. But then, when I was listening to this incredible music that you're playing, I am so blessed, it put me right down into Alpha so that I was sitting in my chair. I knew I was sitting right here right now. I was right in Alpha, which is beginning to be quite peaceful. And then, if I allow myself to move a little quieter, maybe not so much in my body, but more down, maybe an inch below my belly button, and into theta, I begin to open up to all kinds of feelings of love, but not only love, but insights. I'm relaxed, and I'm getting insights, and I'm getting all kinds of information that maybe I wouldn't be able to figure out, but just came to me. That's my theta. And then as I stay there longer and move more deeper and expand more deeply, I'm into delta, which is the beginning of the opening that we know of as our spiritual opening. So I was able to begin to work with my husband's executives that he worked with, which they're all in beta and having heart attacks and all kinds of problems. I was able to put them on my machine and show them how to begin to work their minds so they didn't have to be in that stress, fearful place all the time. It was a gift to me and a gift to many people. Was there a good response? Oh, yeah. It's really the time, isn't it, Pat? Everyone is really recognizing the power of prayer, introspection, reflection, conscious choice, things that we were sharing with them so long ago. A crisis reminded everyone that your positive and pure thoughts can heal you. You're really finding this to be true, people that you're talking with. Yes. Well, we have these two selves that we go back to, but we die in the right brain or that expanded self, that being self, like you were talking, the quality of mind that literally builds our energy rather than reduces our energies. Time to really preserve energy because the world keeps asking so much from us. If we don't accumulate energy, then what's going to happen? It's like you have a destination to go, but the car is empty. It won't feel good, will it? There was a saying that I just love. Fear is the cheapest room in the house. I would like to see you in a better condition. (laughs) (laughs) And so HeartMath says the same thing. It says that this raising of the energy literally builds a higher measurement of the heart rhythm, the electromagnetic. So when we're in fear, we reduce it. We know that. We get constricted. We get scared and get tired. 
But that can be restored if we really begin to build these qualities of meditation. I have 16 videos on my website that's free, and people can go into these videos and raise their consciousness all the way to gamma, which is what we die in. The Dalai Lama says that the gamma, or that place where we die, is that quality of compassion and kindness. So I have binaural beats on these videos that people can take, and can, they can go all the way to gamma and experience that energy that they probably will die in. So that's one of my gifts that I can leave. So what's experience like? Is it like a deep, deep stillness? Yes, it's a stillness. And not only that, but it's your heart is so open. So that stillness just is there. And that's where you've wanted to be all your life, place you've always wanted to be. I think you know this very well. Yes, yes, of course. That's one of the things a friend of mine authored a book entitled, which is a story about Daddy Chenki, who was my mentor and passed away a month ago at 104. Oh, a month ago? Oh, yeah. My. The book was, I Know How to Live and I Know How to Die. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. There's an old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But you say that's not true. (laughs) Can the brain's wiring really be changed? So you have had a teacher for how many years? I mean, 104. She was 104. Daddy Janky. D-A-D-I-J-A-N-K-I. And I've known her since I was 17. And I'm almost 60. And she wasn't a guru. She wasn't a teacher. She was your friend. So the learning curve for me was more of a natural process. It wasn't kind of student and teacher. So I look at spirituality from a different hindsight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 104. He dedicated 90 of those years in service. And was she near you when she died? So on the day that she passed, I'm a little restless that day. I'm lying down, and I'm remembering the blessing he kept telling me over and over again, which I kept ignoring. About an hour later, I was outside walking, and I got a call from India that he just passed away half an hour ago. Wow. So we are connected at a soul level. It felt like her role in my life, and many of us, is that Daddy would See you what you can't see in you. And she came in that form. Has she come back? Yes. But she planned her death, you know. She always told us eight, nine years ago, don't spend any money on my funeral. I don't want all these flowers and expenses. Save your money. Put it in a good cause. And when she passed away, the the world was in lockdown. So the place was silent, and she loved silence. Nobody cried over her. We were like, look at how she designed this. 
she decided I'm not staying in this body anymore. It's of no use. I'll see you all later. They spent $50 on her funeral. (laughs) This is a great, great woman, by the way. She's uplifted millions of lives. And this is how beautiful of an example. How blessed you are to have met her at 17. So I now understand the work you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a naughty one, but it's okay. But (laughs) even though you say the saying that you can't teach old dogs new tricks, you say we can change. Tell us more. Oh, my goodness. The brain changes. Absolutely. You literally can change your thoughts. That will change the neuronal pathways in the brain, and you change. That's why the teaching of meditation is so important, and teaching as you do, just through the music that you're playing, just begins to relax the body, change whatever that thought of nervousness that was going through the head changes. Absolutely we change. It's incredible. I had not a similar story, but kind of. I was teaching, and somebody in the faculty house said, you know, there's a new school opening in San Francisco, and they do meditation in each classroom. And I said, do you have a number? (laughs) So I got my master's there. It's called CIIS now, California Institute of Integral Studies. And when I got there a few days later, there was a little woman in a sari, kind of in the corner. She had just come from Burma. She was asked by the head of teacher if she would come and teach there. And she became my teacher. And her mother, when she decided to die, she called the family around her and said, now I'm dying. And she died. Mm-hmm. I just loved Rena. <laughs> But I was older than 17. <laughs> but still, it changed my life. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in our lives. Many people feel like the wheels in their brains never stop turning. What are some tips that you could offer to people for them to focus their thoughts? You know, the most important thing that people can do is to get in their body. We're both probably sitting so I can feel my seat in the chair, my feet on the floor. But I get up and walk. You know, walking meditation is so important. Just get up and walk around the room and just feel your feet walking on the floor. That will start bringing the energy down into the body because it's the thoughts in the sort of the brain. I know the heart has thoughts too. But just bring it into the body will begin to relax you and take those thoughts away. That's what I do, and it works. Do they call that like grounding? Yeah, probably being grounded. And in meditation, you know, there's so many meditations that start in the head, and people haven't learned that you start here in your body. That's what begins to open to the expansion of who we really are. We haven't really talked about the two selves, but the one self that you were mentioning in terms of nervousness and what do we do, there's another self called the expanded self, and that's 
the one that is open and change this constricted self that was really our identity. And that's what people are so frightened of. They're frightened of losing their self-identity. But one trick there is to start to begin to forgive all the things that have made you angry or made you so sad or people that hurt your feelings. What's going on right now, certainly, is begin to forgive and let go of That will begin to help reduce the entity, the entity of this identity in your body. That's a good point. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, the Dalai Lama says that as you move into these places that I mentioned, like the GABA, as you move into them, he says that it really shifts our patterns and it begins to open us up to new awareness. So that's what I'd like to share is that as we begin to open, expand, get into our bodies and be there, we begin naturally to begin to shift these patterns and it opens us even more. Beautiful, and I think we're getting a chance to do that right now. The blessing in disguise, I call it. It really is. So leave us with a website where our listeners can hear more about your work and connect with any upcoming events. Yes, and the videos I would love. I also have a, not free, but not that expensive, CD, that if somebody is dying and they play these meditations that I've recorded on dying, I just had a man say, oh, now, I'm not frightened to die. That's really important. You'll find that on my website. And my website is my name, patlynkyle.com. Very easy. Oh, Patlyn, thank you so much. (laughs) I wish you all the very best. Please stay safe. Yes, you too. Thank you. I enjoyed being with you. Same here. Many blessings. Many blessings to you. I think it's been interesting, a lot of conversations I've been having about dying, living. It's like the same. We need to let go of these attachments, everyone. I was telling my friends the other day, I don't want to live like I'm dying, but I want to live my life like I'm living. And to me, that's a form of dying. Does that make sense to everybody? Anyway, thank you for joining us on America Meditating Radio. You go to Pat Lynn Kyle, P-A-T-T-L-I-N-D-K-Y-L-E. Feel free to reach out to her. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's remember to also pause every hour on the hour. 30 seconds of peace, generating peace in the atmosphere and in our bodies. Here is I'll Be Waiting by Lucinda Drayton. Be well, everyone. Stay safe.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.